too. We're celebrating four years at the garden this weekend. Amen. Come on, give God, give God a praise. Amen. You know, a lot has happened in a pretty short period of time. Uh, many lives have been changed and uh, futures opened up and destiny collisions occurred. And, and God is just so awesome. You know, the, uh, you've probably heard this scripture before. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. If you don't have a scripture for your life, take that one. God has a plan for your life. He has carved out a pathway for you to walk in. And when you're listening to God, he'll, he'll get you on that pathway and you will have a collision with the hope of great future. Amen? That regardless of what you've been through or what you left behind, that's not the point. God's not really uh, holding your past over, over you. He's holding your future in front of you. Amen? Say, come on, let's go. We, we, we got great things in store. Amen? But over the last four years, it's just been a, 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 an incredible journey watching and uh, walking with God and just seeing uh, all kinds of things transpire in front of us. And we're celebrating that uh, this weekend. We've got potluck right after service today. want to encourage you to hang around and hang out with people and eat cake and all kinds of other stuff. But uh, uh, I, I just really want you to know that we are excited about what God's doing here and the future that he has for the church. Amen? Think about it. Uh, uh, three and a half, four years ago, we, well, we, we were a handful of people we could fit in the basement at uh, Tim and Terry's house. And we, we actually went house to house for a little while, and then we went down the basement down there. Matter of fact, I want everybody that was in the basement at Tim and Terry's, if you're here today, you were in the basement. It's time to come out, okay? Uh, you're in the basement. I just want you to stand to your feet for just a moment. And would you give these guys a hand? These guys were down in the basement. Amen. Stay standing. Amen. Uh, if you were at the first service, we rented a, a Hispanic church in Pasco on Saturday nights when we started. If you were at that first service uh, with us in Pasco, would you stand up? Right there. See, that very first night we added to the, to the church. Look at that. Uh, stay standing. If you ever went to church at the Pasco place, would you stand up? You ever came over there in Pasco? You ever swung by, look around, more people? There, there they go. See, things growing already. And I could say, well, if you've ever been in this building, please stand. But, you, you know, you have been. So, uh, so you get the idea. You guys, you guys can be seated. Just uh, the, these people, if you ever have a problem and, and you, a complaint about what's going on, just talk to one of them because this is all their fault. All right, so uh, just see them. You've got a lot of people to draw from and just go to them and tell them whatever it is that's bugging you and they'll get right on it. Um, but the, the reality is, is that uh, we look at four years. God was working way before that. Way before that. And, and you know, a lot happened so that we would be here today. And, and you know, and it's not just about... Uh, you know, a, a facility. It's not just about a, uh, you know, a building. It, it's about the lives that God has orchestrated to cause to intersect, to create what he's doing and to line it up in agreement with his plan. And it's not just about us. See, there, there are moments in life when we think everything's really focused on us. But 
God's using our situation to position somebody else for the blessing and for the breakthrough and for the healing, for the deliverance that he's bringing their way. And, you know, this weekend, over 600 people will have been through the building and services. And, and you know, we're, we're getting ready for Easter. We'll be at uh, Three Rivers Convention Center. And we're, we're planning on 900,000 people coming out on Easter. You know, and, we, and think about it. Four years ago, we could fit in a basement. So God has a plan. Amen? Said God has a plan. And he's doing something that, that's just phenomenal. It's just awesome what God's doing. And we just, all we're doing... It's whatever he says. We just do what he says. And, and uh, we find, you know, it doesn't take long when, you, when, you, when he didn't say to do it and you're doing it anyways. It doesn't take long to figure that part out. So th- that's what we stop. And then we get back over here and just do what he says and uh, listen to God. And when you do that in your life and in your home, you'll find that the blessing of God is resting upon your life. Amen? So we're celebrating four years, but really, uh, well, over 20 years ago, I was headed from Hepner to Davenport, Washington. I'd spoken in Hepner on Sunday morning, Sunday night, scheduled to be in Davenport. And uh, as I was coming through Tri-Cities, I was on 395 coming down through Kennewick, and uh, it's like the presence of God got in the car. And I mean, it, it was one of those moments. I tell you what, I had never had another moment quite like that one. God got in the car. I had to pull over to the side of the road, pulled into a parking lot of a place called Bob's Big Boy. Anybody remember Bob's Big Boy? It's where Carl's Jr. is now. I believe they tore Bob's Big Boy down that afternoon after I left. But, uh, you know, it's kind of confusing. I I looked for it, and it was no longer there. But uh, at Bob's Big Boy, God got in the car and just dealt with me, spoke to me about this area about tri-cities and uh, i remember when i finally got to davenport and it was getting close to service time and i'm sure jim had been wondering where i was at and so he met me in the driveway of his house and he came outside and the first thing he said to me is he looked at me and he said what happened to you I just had God in the car, and I shared with him, you you know, that that I knew people in Tri-Cities at that time, but I knew that what God was speaking to me about wasn't really about them, but there was just something, uh, you know, uh, something in my spirit God deposited that day about Tri-Cities. And i got to tell you something, that over the last 20 years, there have been many occasions where I felt like it was done. Five and a half, six years ago, Shelby and I, you know, we, we basically prepared to, to leave, and it was the people who stood up here, the basement folks, that their prayers and, and, and their conversation kind of locked us in here. We thought we're finished with that, but God showed up and he said, I'm not done yet. And because of that, it's amazing. I, I got to tell you, it is amazing what has happened and how many other lives have been impacted and influenced from the time I thought it was done. And I say that to say this to you, that there might be something in your life that you've decided it's over. But you haven't quite allowed God to finish talking yet. Something you might want to learn to do is never finish God's sentences for him. Hello. You know, God will say, uh, Doc, you can, you can relate to this. God will say to somebody, Africa. And they'll pack up and go. And after they've been there three years, they hear him say, send money. <laughs> Don't get ahead of God. 
but don't finish God's sentences for him. Make sure you got the word from God. There, I, I'm just being honest. There are many times I, we almost finished this thing for him. But he said, it's not over yet. There are things in your life, dreams and visions and hopes and desires that you've actually decided to walk away from. You've decided to learn to live without the fulfillment of that promise. It was a God thing when you started. You knew it was God. I knew it was God when he got in the car. I knew God had a plan for Tri-Cities, but I thought I had finished it. That, that we had reached the wall where it was no longer possible to go any farther. And practically, just before we pulled out of town, God said, stop. Today, it's just in my spirit that many of you, that there's places in your life where you're just about ready to walk away. You're learning to live without the fulfillment of that promise. And God's saying, I'm not done yet. He who has begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not done yet. Even though you think it's impossible, you think it's over, there's nothing left that can be done, God's saying, you, you want to bet? I haven't even started yet. I probably should have learned this in 1980. You know, when, when they sent my father home to die, I should have learned that when the whole rest of the world says it's over, but God hasn't, that you don't listen to the world just yet. I should have learned that, but I'm not all that bright. My daddy didn't call me son because I was bright. I'm not a fast learner, but I can be taught. And I've learned that until God says it's finished, it ain't done. It ain't done. You might be in the middle today. Don't give up until you reach the end that God declared at the beginning. Amen? And before we go too much farther, to, uh, there's a couple of people that Shelby and I, we, we've talked, and we really want to honor them today because, um, you know, different, different levels of sacrifice come from different places in order for any dream or, or uh, you know, in, any uh, aspiration to be fulfilled to be accomplished uh, you know the bible says uh don't build the, the tower until you first sit down and count the cost there's always a price to pay uh to do anything in life you, you know there, there's a price to pay regardless of what your dream or aspiration is right and uh sometimes we make those decisions and they impact a lot of other people and in our world uh there's a couple of guys that are uh that just need, we just feel need to be honored today. And that's our sons, Stephen and TJ. We, we want to honor you today because of the sacrifices that you make that allow us the freedom to minister and to uh, grow the church and the help that you provide. These guys are a lot, yeah, give them a hand, would you? You, you like this? <laughs> you know, uh, we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, you might think, well, that, that was kind of weird. Well, <laughs> you should be in their shoes. Um, four years ago, February 19th, we started meeting as a, as a congregation. That was Stephen's birthday. And Stephen was excited about that. Matter of fact, he was, uh, you know, we didn't just do that so we didn't have to throw him a party. We, we did that uh, because, it, you know, it's just a family decision. Let's do it. And, and, you know, the guys have always been willing to share their family, their life, their home with you. 
And because of that, you got Bible to build your future on. Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Sound good yet? Men will give to your bosom. So I, I just want to tell you, it's awesome. Uh, there's a lot of times that we are running off uh, away from them to minister, to, you know, take care of other business outside the family when they would probably prefer that we would be with them. You know, when you play nine baseball games a week, you kind of like somebody sitting there cheering for you. And uh, they, they, they release us to, to just grow the church. And, and they help us more often than you guys realize. There's times that Shelby and I would have quit, but they talked us out of it. And uh, we love you. Amen? Love you. I just want to real quick get into the word, okay? I'm going to skip the video. So you guys waiting back there to push the button, you're all alert and ready, and, <laughs> and I'll go all service long and then say, play it. No, uh, we're just going to skip that. Uh, I just want to reiterate to you how we live, okay? The just shall live by faith, right? The just shall live by faith. Look somebody in the eyes and tell them to just live by faith. In other words, there's a, there, there's a description of how we live life in the Word of God. Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you're going to live by faith, you're going to live by the Word of God because faith comes from the Word of God. So if I live by faith, I live by the Word of God. The Word of God, have I hidden my heart that I won't wander off the trail. That's what David said. He said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. This word brings enlightenment, understanding, direction, the ability to see, to, to know what to do. When I don't know what to do, I've got God's word. Amen. We live by the word of God. You got to ask yourself, what are you basing your life on? What word of authority is, is dictating the decisions that you make? Words, everything begins with words. Words turn into thoughts. Thoughts turn into feelings. Feelings turn into choices. Choices turn into actions. Actions turn into habits. Habits turn into character. Character winds up being your end result. You know, but it all starts with words. If, if you don't like your current result, well, all you got to do is change your characteristics. How do I do that? By changing your habits. You change your habits by changing your actions. You change your actions by changing your choices. You change your choices by changing your, your choices. You change your choices by changing your feelings. You change your feelings by changing your thoughts. Hey, how many of you would, would like to feel better? You just don't feel good. You just don't feel feel full of life. You don't feel, you want to change the way you feel, change the way you think. Change the way you think, you'll change the way you feel. Hello? You know, it, but it all goes back to word. What word are you basing your life on? We've been teaching you that if you'll get a word and begin to uh, develop that word in your life, Okay, get a word from God. I don't care what challenge you're facing, what issue you're dealing with. The answer is in the book. God's told us through his word how we're supposed to live and what it, life looks like in every situation. Don't care what you're dealing with, you'll find the answer in God's word. Once you get that word, you grow that word, you develop that word. I, I put it this way, read it and repeat it. 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 
you know, a couple of times this weekend, Jeremy's made the statement that when they teach the class, this will be the eighth or ninth time that they've teached the class. And every time we teach the class, come out, I've learned something and I've heard it over and over and over again. Well, that's how faith comes. You know, you hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. And pretty soon when life shakes you and how many of you know, life is going to shake you. When we talk about the promises of God, a lot of times, you know, I know people, their minds just go to Cadillacs and big houses. Your mind ought to go to tribulation, right? In this world, there shall be tribulation. That's one of the promises right out of the book. But be of good cheer, I've overcome, right? So when life shakes you, what's going to come out of you? You, you know, in the current economical crisis that the nation seems to be in, you know, how could we solve that very, very quickly? How could we turn things around? I'll tell you, turning off the news. You just need to stop listening to that voice. Well, I'm not going to pretend. We're, I ain't going to pretend nothing. Words turn into thoughts. Thoughts turn into feelings. Feelings turn into, hello? What word are you listening to? My Bible says that I'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed coming in, blessed going out. I'll be above only and not beneath. Hello, somebody. My, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. It does not say according to the price of gas. Right? So we got a different word that we live by. We, we got to separate ourselves from the mentality of the world. We're in the world, but not of it. We got to separate ourselves from that mentality and realize God's plan to prosper me. If God, who put all this stuff together, has a plan to prosper me, then all I need to do is stay inside God's plan. I don't need to seek prosperity. I need to seek the plan. As long as I'm walking in alignment with God's plan, my life is going to prosper. This is going to be the best year we've ever had. It already is. It's the best year we've ever had, and it's just going to get better from here out. Well, what about what everybody else is saying? I, I rebel against the, the, the report of the world. Not going under, going over. Amen? Well, do, do you think that it's, are you saying that there isn't trouble? No, there's great trouble. A lot of trouble. A lot of chaos. But it, if you look at the recipe for great victory, great battles in the recipe. You know, if failure is not a viable option, success means nothing. So to know that I've been called of God to walk in victory means that I've been called to endure some battle. If you study faith very long, you'll read fight the good fight of faith. So you got you, you know what? You got to get your backbone. This, this thing that God's asked you to do, it's not easy. It's not, it's, it's not without uh, opposition, but it is with great victory. It is with incredible promise. You know, get a word from God. If it's for your family, take Isaiah 32, 18. My people shall live in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. Get up every day. God, your word says my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation. You said I'm going to dwell in a peaceful habitation. Get that word inside of you so that when trouble knocks on your door, you don't, you know, the first words coming out of your mouth are not, oh, my God, but it's peaceful habitation. Get that word. Develop that word in your life. 
grow that word strong, and then move into praise. Okay, you got the word, now begin to praise God. What do you mean, praise God? I got problems. You know, isn't it interesting, in Isaiah 54, God comes to a barren woman and says, let me hear you sing. Sing, O barren, sing. Break forth into singing and cry aloud for more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. God comes to the one person who has a legitimate excuse not to sing, and he says, I want to hear your song. Well, that don't seem fair. God ain't trying to be fair. He's trying to demonstrate power. Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength to silence the enemy. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have perfected praise. Perfected praise. Your praise has the power to silence the enemy. Don't, don't you think it's time we told hell to shut up? I mean, for crying out loud. Hell needs to be quiet so I can hear God. A lot of people don't hear God ever. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him, sup with him and he with me. And we can't hear the knock at the door because we've let so many other voices be so loud in our life. There's so much other stuff going on, you, you can't even hear God talk. It's time to silence the enemy. Time to silence the enemy. You know how to find out who your enemy is? Start giving praise. Start giving praise. The people who don't agree with you, they are not your friend. Oh, come on. We're on a little bit different vein, this service. Let me just share this with you. If you, if you get positive and people around you separate themselves from you, good. Good. You know, understand, understand who's in the fight with you not who's fighting against you. Anybody negative can find somebody negative to agree with them, right? If you want to find a group of negative people, they'll always congregate in the corner somewhere. Give them time, they'll get together. Why? Well, because negativity does not feel comfortable in a positive environment, right? Negativity will choose your friends for you. You begin to praise God, and all of a sudden there comes a separation. You begin, isn't it odd that when you decided to give your life to God, decided to live for God, there were certain people in your life who backed away from you? And you felt bad about that. Oh, I want to stay connected to people who want me to die. Hello? Why, why is it, just a thought, why is it that we want to hang with people that we have to be inebriated to, to, to handle? If I'm going to be with you, we've got to be toasted. <laughs> you know, you know. No, no. Start praising God. It's Bible, right? It's Bible. Acts chapter 16, about verse 22, it says, At midnight, Paul and Silas, at midnight, understand their story, at midnight. You, you realize it can be midnight any time of the day. Two o'clock in the afternoon, it's midnight in your world, right? Trouble comes anytime it wants. Here comes trouble. These guys, they, they have been beaten. They're in fetters and chains. They, they're, they're locked up in prison. There's a really good chance tomorrow they're dead. Okay, things ain't looking so hot. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. They prayed and they sang praises. Why'd they pray? <laughs> Wouldn't you? 
It's midnight, and I just got beat up, and they're killing me tomorrow. Right? So, you know, they prayed. And then they began to sing. Help me make it through the night. Why me, Lord? What have I ever done? You know, I don't think that's a song they were singing. Mark said, gloom, despair, and agony on you. Oh, (laughs) that was great. What sounds coming out of your life? What sound comes out of your life? The Bible says make a joyful noise. What noise do you make? (laughs) You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Got to ask yourself, man, something's coming out of you. you. You should find three friends and ask them independently. What sound do you hear come out of my life? Be honest with me. Tell me the truth. These guys, they weren't singing, you know, some desperate, broken song. They sang praises to God. They prayed. And isn't that what you do when you're in trouble? Isn't that that what you do when, hey, I don't get it. You described a different end than the one I'm seeing. Help me see what you promised. One man said effective prayer is going into God's presence with God's word, getting into agreement with God on that word. Let me say that again. Effective prayer is going into God's presence with God's word, getting into agreement with God on that word. We think effective prayer is telling Jesus what he should do. We we whine and call that prayer. But effective prayer is taking God's word and getting in agreement with God on that word. So that's what they did. They prayed. Father, you said. This is what you told us. Hope you've noticed we're in jail. Hope you see these stripes on our back. Hope hope you know that tomorrow ain't looking so hot. So what we're going to do now is we're going to sing songs about Wednesday. Because we're supposed to be dead on Monday. So we're going to start thanking you for Wednesday. And they started praising God. You know the story, don't you? The earth began to shake. Prison doors swing open. Chains are falling off. Freedom's coming into the room. And they don't even get up and run out. Why? Because they had a revelation. I don't have to run. God's already talked to me about Wednesday. Monday's going to be interesting. I'm going to hang around and see what happens. <laughs> Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles chapter 20 had a similar situation. The odds gathered together against him, some scholars say, were 10,000 to 1. The enemies had gathered together. People who didn't like each other had joined ranks to come fight him. Boy, you know you're in trouble when your enemy's enemy is joining your enemy to come beat you up. People that can't get along seem to be in agreement to take you out. 10,000 to one. They greatly feared. The Bible said they greatly feared. I know life is scary. They greatly feared. Fear isn't a sin. It's the reaction to fear that determines whether you're in sin or faith. They greatly feared, so they prayed. You know what happened when they prayed? 
God answered. God gave them a word. God began to speak to them. They stood up in front. Jehoshaphat comes out in front of the entire nation and says, this is what God says we're to do. We're going to go out tomorrow, and we're going to send the singers out in front. And the infantrymen said, amen. (laughs) The choir people wished they had not made it to rehearsal. Because they had a rule. If you weren't in rehearsal, couldn't be on the platform. So, you know, so they, were, they felt like, like they were out. No, you, singers are going out front. You know the story. Singers go out and they begin to sing praises to God. The enemy began to kill each other. <laughs> Man, them guys were bad. You know, e- e- either, either that was the worst worship team ever or... Supernatural intervention was released as they praised God. It confused the enemy. Look what you do to hell when it's beat on you for seven days solid and you stand up and say, I will bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. It confuses hell. It might be confusing to you. Just don't act confused. Just praise him. Just, Just praise him is going to release a power that is greater than any human power available to you. And why on earth would you decide to serve a God who could not produce supernatural intervention? Hear people all the time say, well, I'm not sure that we believe in that. What do you believe in? I got my John 316 t-shirt. That ain't going to do me much good in the heat of the battle. I need a God who can respond and intervene. I need the God that says, hey, don't worry about it. Trust me, I'll handle it. That's the God I need operating in my life. I need a God that is bigger than my current condition so that he can take me to a final outcome and that the joy of that victory swallows the pain of where I'm currently positioned. See, you got to get this word. You got to grow this word in you, and you have got to begin to praise God. Praise Him. I, you know, we, we can go all over the place in that book that you've got and show you that when people began to praise God, how it turned the situation. Even people running from God. Jonah, he's the preacher, got a word from God, walking now in direct opposition to what God said ends up in pretty deep trouble seaweed wrapped around his head but he began to cry out of the belly of hell and he gave thanksgiving to God and when he did that the great fish that God had prepared for Jonah put him exactly where he was supposed to be you know the first three words of the second chapter of the book of Jonah Then Jonah prayed. Maybe this is your then. Isn't it weird that we pray prayers that when God answers it, it irritates us? You're praying prayers, God's answering those prayers, and now you wish he'd stop. Let me show you how. You prayed that God would position you, that he'd give you 
the ability to stand more strong. Now you're having to deal with more pressure. You do realize that we probably should give full disclosure this morning that your greatest satanic opposition will always come after your freshest revelation of God's word. Remember the sower sows the seed, the seed was the word, and then immediately the thief came to see if he couldn't take the seed. So you pray, God begins to answer, but you don't like it. You don't like the pressure. You don't like the weight. Remember, the same weight that can throw your back out can also make your back stronger. It is not the weight that matters. It's how you handle the weight that makes a difference. If God answered you instantaneously, oh, here, here, here's the great example. I, God, bless me financially. Huge increase. If he gave that to you all at one time and you don't have the character to deal with that increase, you'll be in worse trouble than you were before you had the increase. So, since you prayed, God bless me with great increase, he's got to help you develop the character to handle that increase. So, in the process of answering your prayer, you give up, cave in, and quit because you don't like the pressure of the process. Everybody likes the product of change. No one likes the process of change. See, we say, we were crazy. We prayed, God, let this ministry be effective. We should have prayed, God... Keep it in the basement. Because the process of being able to, you know, to handle hundreds and thousands of lives, that's, that's a workout. Think about it this way. You don't go to the gym your very first trip and load up the bar with 315 pounds. You, you might actually start with the bar empty, right? You feel like a doofus in there laying on your back with the bar and no weight going hi <sighs> but after a few trips to the bar you know okay I got that so you slip on some two and a halves right someday I'll work up right I got 12 of them two and a halves stacked on the bar there's a process to growing yourself to that place I have a goal when I'm 50, I'm going to run a 50-mile trail run with Micah. And when I'm done, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Micah got me started running these, on these trails. And uh, seriously, the first 15 minutes, I plan his death. <laughs> Every trip. This week, I, I, I left uh, Anthony's, ran to the Blue Bridge. It's just... Over seven miles, a little over seven miles. The entire journey, I'm wondering, what am I doing? Why? This is stupid. But if I wait until the day before my 50th birthday, I won't be ready to run 50 miles. So there's a process that I've got to go through that training to get ready. See, some of us are right in the middle of the process. And we're asking God now to get us out of there. The problem is, is he can't because he's already answered your previous prayer. To get you to a certain end result. You're on your way. You're in the middle of the journey. You're, you're in the process. Well, don't back out now. Take your word, get strong on that word, and begin to praise God. 
You know what I do when I'm running down the, down the path, I'm two miles in and I already want to quit and, and, you know, and you can see the bridges coming and they're about that big and, and you hear all the junk that you've heard all your life and, and it's lies, you know, runner's high, that is a lie. They talk about, they, oh man, you, you, wait, wait until you experience the runner's high. You'll really be into it. And, and I remember Rick Carter telling me that he experienced it when he was in the service. But you have to, you know, I was, then I was running about a mile, mile and a half. And, and he said, but you have to get over three miles to experience the runner's high. Well, I ran seven miles Friday. I didn't get no runner's high. The only, the only high I got was one runner going the other way. He went, hi, that, that's it. No, no, no. Get high before you run. That's a runner's high. <laughs> Good Lord. Not even two miles down the run, and, and I'm thinking, quit, quit, you know, quit. Don't do this. Look how, look how tiny the bridge looks. I know how far I'm supposed to go today. Look how tiny the bridge looks. And you start listening to that stuff. All of a sudden, no, no, I, I, I got to do something different. I got to change my mindset. So I just start thanking God that I'm not going to the cable bridge. <laughs> I'm serious. Thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to run any farther than that place right over there. When it, when it got close enough that I could make it out, I, I reached in my backpack and I pulled out my cell phone and told Chubby, leave now. Pick me up. You got to have that word. You got to be strong on that word. It's gotta be, you got to have a grip on the word of God. And then you got to move into praise. And when the struggles come, you pray. And then you praise. You pray, and then you praise. You pray, and then you praise. I have a scripture that we use for the garden. This morning, I just want, I want to read that to you. I just want to share the scripture that I use for the garden, Isaiah 58. Uh, and we're going to read it from the Message Bible. Open your Bible up and check it out. Uh, I hope you've been taking notes, writing down some of the scriptures we've given you. But this one right here, uh, you know, you, you, can, you can read this and pray this every day. Just get in agreement with us for the garden. It says that when you pray, God will answer. I could stop right there. Paul and Silas prayed. Why? Because God would answer. Do you understand the, the power of that promise that when you call, God answers? When you call, God answers. You've got good friends that don't do that. They call or ID you and let you leave a message. But God answers when you call. You call out for help and I'll say, here I am. Look at that. You'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. Let, let me paint the, the, the correct picture for you. That when you're looking at the door, when you're looking down the road, when you are all alone and you're waiting for God to show up, he's tapping you on the shoulder. He's already there. Here I am. I'm already here. You ain't in this mess alone. You might feel alone. You might act alone. But you ain't alone. The Lord is on your side. That don't mean he's on the team. He's sitting on the bench while you're out in the field. That means he's on your side. You take a step, it's in step with him. He's on your side. He's right there. If you get rid of the unfair practices, if you'd quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins, you know, there are some things we got to stop. You know, gossip, all gossip is, is talking to somebody who has no authority to do anything about what you're talking about. You know, hey, if you just stop that stuff, um, look at uh, verse 10. If you're generous with the hungry, if you'll give yourself to the down and out, okay, here we go. Now your life will begin to glow in the dark. 
glow in the dark. Not because you live next to Hanford. Your life's going to glow in the dark. The, the light shines. The light is enlightenment. Enlightenment. When, you, when you're reading about the light, it, when, when it says Jesus is the light of the world, he is the enlightenment. He is the understanding. He is the one that's come to teach, to bring uh, revelation, insight, and understanding to people who are without it. When the light is shining in the darkness, that means that uh, illumination Enlightenment is now beginning to uh, be deposited in a place where there was no enlightenment. The darkness is the lack of enlightenment. Light, the, the light is the presence of enlightenment. So in other words, in a dark world, when people don't know what to do, God's people will know what to do because the light begins to shine in them. You'll, you'll glow in the dark. Look at your neighbor and say, glow, little glow worm, glimmer. Your shadowed life will be bathed in sunlight. You'll know what to do when you shouldn't know what to do. When you pray, God will answer. When you call, he'll say, I'm right here. Stop living it your way, live it my way. Don't talk about other people. Don't get messed up in their stuff. Don't, don't be taken from them. Live to give. Be a blessing. Be a, be a blessing and watch your light glow in the darkness. I will show you where to go. I will always show you where to go. I will always show you where to go. I got to tell you, there's many days, you know, growing a ministry that we look around and we're going, we, we better get back to Isaiah. What are we supposed to do? Haven't got a clue. It's probably not the greatest leadership thing to come out in here and say, huh? What are we doing next? Don't know. God will show us what to do, where to go. God will show us where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. Well, check this out. Zoe. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance to the full till it overflows. We're talking about Zoe life in the emptiest of places. Look around, everybody's empty. What are you, full? Got life where life is non-existent. We got life. Well, this is our word. Full life in the empty of places, firm muscles, strong bones, a well-watered garden. Pretty handy at the garden to know that we will be well watered. Well watered garden. Gurgling spring that never runs dry. Everybody say never. Look at verse 12 real quick. Verse 12 says, you'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. Can I, just, can I just throw this out there? The thing that you th thought was dead and buried, God said, I'm going to use that to restore your future. Past lives going to make you stronger. I'll, re be, I'll rebuild the foundation from out of your past. Remember Lazarus? 
Been in the tomb four days. I think the King James said, he stinketh. Yeah, four days dead. Many of us, our dream, we buried that. What once we held to with love and compassion, now we reject because it even stinks to us. God's saying, I'm going to rebuild foundations from out of your past. Things you thought the enemy won that battle, we're not done yet. Oh, you thought that mistake you made, you thought that error was so great that it disrupted heaven, that God was confused and didn't know how to deal with that, so he buried that and moved away from it? No, no, no. I truly believe that every error the enemy has celebrated, God's going to beat him to death with. He's going to humiliate hell with the victory that's produced in your life from even the failures you thought that you had experienced. Again, I just want to share with you, there, there are many, many times, especially, you know, you get back five years ago and go back from there. There are so many times I felt we're done. I guess I just made it bigger in my head than it really was. You know, when God got in the car 20 years ago, I guess, I guess that that experience, even though it, it was awesome and it was moving, I probably just made more out of that that day than what it really was. I guess that was it. And I got to, you know, got to tell you, I'm kind of excited that it's over. That, that, you, you know, there were days that that was my attitude. I'm, ex- I'm excited that's done. I can just get on with something else. Because, dude, what I thought was going to be ice cream and cake turned into hell on earth. So we just move on. And God comes and says, no, no, no. We're not done yet. That thing, you, you know what's crazy, and I, and I just say this, I, it's almost prophetic, I just want to speak this to you. The thing that you've been trying to hide, wouldn't it be funny if God took that and used it as one of your greatest strengths? The pain of a memory that you've tried to move away from, and God says, move away from? I'm going to empower you to use that experience to lead other people to victory do the same type of thing. You don't want anybody to know, you know, that the depression that you dealt with or, 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 or the, 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 you know, the, the abuse that you've experienced or, or the, you know, the thing that you, you, you know, you don't tell anybody that, that, you know, that you were cutting yourself. No, don't tell them that. Wait a minute. God's going to use that as a huge strength in your life so that you minister to other hurting people and that your victory is now multiplied in the lives of hundreds of others want to talk about ticking off the devil. The one thing he couldn't use to get you under is now being used to minister to thousands of people. Yeah. We have a word from God. We pray, then we praise. We pray, and then we praise. And we acknowledge God's ability to have the final word in our life. We realize that our God is an awesome God. He's, he's so big. He's so, awesome. he's so powerful. There's got to be times that when we come, you know, I, I realize we come to receive. Right? We come to church to, to, to receive. But we also got to come kind of with an attitude 
to give something. You know, to minister to God. We come to be ministered to, but how about we take time to minister to the Lord? How about in your, in your daily walk? That, you know, maybe you could see it this way, that when you're in the word, God's getting that word in you. He's changing you from the inside out. You're developing that word, becoming strong on that word. That word is changing you. And as you move from that position, that first change is that, all, that, you, that you refuse to allow it all to be about you. So I'm just going to honor God now. I live to honor him. And if it means walking a trail I don't want to walk, the Lord is my shepherd. He directs my path. But because he's my shepherd, I will not lack. He'll lead me to the still waters and the green pastures, and he'll take me to the great places of, uh, in my life. He, he'll get me to the end that he promised at the beginning. I just want to take time on the journey to honor God. Amen. I think it's only fitting that today and the celebration of four years of God doing crazy good stuff that we take a few minutes and just honor God before we go home. Don't you? Would you do me a favor? Would you set your stuff down? Would you close your books and just stand with me for a minute? And, and, and you know what? If you're totally uncomfortable in this environment, just hang out a few minutes and you'll get used to it. Let's just, let's just honor God for a minute. Amen? Father, we magnify your name. We glorify you. You are our king. There's no one like my God. There's no one like my God. I worship you in spirit and truth. I glorify you, Lord. Be glorified. Be lifted high.